Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always is my good buddy. Yo, what's up? I'm Willie. How's it going there? And this week we have lots of spooky talk for you and a trails update to kind of give you an idea of where we're at in the game uh, before we spend the next three weeks playing a couple other things and really diving into it. Um, But before we get started, as always... I want to start the show off with giving a shout out to our wonderful Patreon uh, people with an extra special shout out and uh, what's up to Nate, Sir Cogsworth of the 7th of Juniper, what's up, uh, old Jeffy Lube, Jeff himself, Thank you. Confused which speaking that. of Jeff, you will all get to hear his lovely sultry tones next week on our Phasmophobia episode. He's going to be joining us as a guest and I, I look forward to that. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, we've played one session with him. It's been incredible. Yeah, it's it was it's been fun so far. I look forward to playing some more this week. Um, shout out to Aries or Adam, and I a special shout out to him because he just started his new podcast called Revival and Extinction, and I want to give a shout out to that. Um, he just did he released his first episode. I don't know if it's a teaser or if it's actually covering a game. I have not had a chance to listen to it yet because he sent it to me right before we came on here to record, but. Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, check it out. I think it's along the same lines as uh, as our show. Um, but he did he when he messaged me and told me that we had inspired him to do this. He was like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna make sure to look and see what you guys are playing, so we don't ever cross. I don't want to take anything away from you guys." And I was like, "Wow, oh, bro, don't even fucking worry about it, man. Like, it's all good. It's all good." And then uh, our last shout out that I want to give is to D- I think DC Smoke Down. DC Smokedown, welcome to the game. Yes, for sure. Thank you all. Thank you very much. I actually know DC Smokedown in real life, so it warms my heart to see his name on there. Nice. Well, welcome to the game. Um, dude, this week, uh, I found out that a friend of mine that I have on Snapchat, now let me go ahead and say I don't know this person in, you know, in person, but like we've been friends on Snapchat for a while, um, and she's a pretty, pretty good looking girl. Like, I'm, I'm always like, hmm. You know, I'm not uh, opposed to when she posts pictures of herself and things like that. Uh, the other day, she posted a thing about go add me on TikTok. So I was like, okay, I'll go check her TikTok out. Now, to uh, not, I don't want to like, cause any issues, so I'm not going to give away names or anything. But I go on her TikTok and it says, you know, dancer at blank club, former porn star, porn star name. Immediately, I'm like, is that so? Let me ask my old friend Google. Typed it in, looked her up, boom. There she is in all of her glory, uh, getting pounded in various ways. And I was like, this is wonderful. Oh, <laughs> neat. It was very, uh, it was very interesting. Because like, I've always wanted, like, you know, you always have that thought to yourself, like, I wonder if anybody I know has ever done porn. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, mm. it. The thought always is there. I and then boom, I I found somebody that I know that's done porn. I'm like that. There you go. I can stop having that thought now because it finally happened to me. So it's like I can take that part of my brain and uh, allocate it to other information as opposed to just hunting for somebody who's done porn. <laughs> ah, now you can just join me in like obsessively catalog Doom wads for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, but this week. Uh, before we get into the trail stuff, which is really just going to be an update because uh, I I had a busy week. I think Willie had a busy week. We didn't get to touch it too terribly much. Yeah, 
I, I will be honest to uh, our fellow Trails fans out there. We may have played about three weeks of Trails or three hours of Trails in the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of like running around and fighting enemies and stuff like that. Um, but... Yeah. Side, qu- side questing, but uh, not a lot of uh, severe plot. In- yeah. But uh, I do want to talk about some spooky stuff this week. And uh... hell yeah. And I'm for that and i was gonna say i would like you to start off um i know you had some things written down about analog horror which i've always been interested in so by all means good sir let's talk about some analog horror okay. first we're just jumping right into this then okay yeah no problem um so i believe it was on the episode about the lawyer witch project that i mentioned that i was like into the idea of analog horror which is um it's a youtube subgenre, well, sub sub genre at this point but um, I think Local 58 is like the main analog horror channel that a lot of the analog horror people come from. But before we get to there, we should get to how that genre first emerged. So I want to kind of talk about um, YouTube original horror stories for a little while. And I think one of the more interesting um, channels that kind of became one of uh, the early influencers in that space was a, a channel called Marble Hornets. And I think I think I've mentioned Marble Hornets before, mm-hmm. but um, so before analog horror became its own full genre, it was a uh, channel that it had some really obvious influences. Like the show, the Marble Hornets show was influenced by like found footage horror movies, like the Blair Witch Project. It was also influenced by uh, ARGs, especially like um, God. There was a a group called Forty Two Entertainment that did a bunch of licensed ARGs that uh, were based on various commercial properties, but they were kind of like weird, strange ways to like build up hype to those. So like there was one called I Love Bees that was based on Halo 2, but it was like, oh, you would not even know it was based on Halo unless you were like there the whole way through. And then there was also the one they did first called The Beast, which was based on uh, the movie AI. And then they were also the same people that did uh, Nine Inch Nails as Year Zero, which I think was one of the best ARGs I'd ever been a part of. Like, Year Zero was really cool. It was, like, this uh, alternate, like, near-future horror story where there was, like... God, it, it, it is a little hard to explain it. And I think we get a little bit off track just trying to explain Year Zero. But it was really neat. Um, it's also one of my favorite songs by Ghost. Year nice. Zero. It's good stuff. And then, again, Marvel Hurtis also, they drew off of the uh, Slender Man, which was a character that was uh, an internet mythos character that came from the Something Awful forums originally. And they, they just kind of brought all these things together, because, like, this is also where they first jumped off. They, their first trailhead thread was on the Something Awful forums, but they posted it kind of like it was an ARG, and the videos kind of combined these things, where they were, like, found footage videos where people were, like, walking through the forest and they see a spooky guy and they're walking through the forest and they see a spooky guy but then they'd have like uh god like interruptions from other uploaders on their channel and it would be like more like coded mystery type questions like more arg yeah i've seen stuff like that with uh like the girls uh, i don't remember her name but it was like the girl that goes missing and then all of a sudden her channel starts adding these cryptic ass videos about where she's at I know the one you're talking about. That's probably a way better point I should have used as a reference. I did not actually write this one up, but that's a really good yeah, one. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Um, go ahead. I can find it real quick, though, if you keep going. Yep. Okay. 
but uh, so I could continue just talking about Marble Hornets. Like they basically did the same thing for a little while, where it was kind of spooky, spooky Slenderman video followed by spooky code video, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Real uh, quick, lo- what's lo- Lonely Girl? Lonely Girl Fifteen, uh, right? Ash Ash Blogs, or I'm sorry, Ash Vlogs. Oh, we're, we're maybe thinking of a couple. Of different yeah, we might. Ones, so. We might because it was. Uh... And I was say Lonely Girl Fifteen was also kind of something similar in this vein. No, yeah, I'm just looking through Nexpo stuff, which we'll get to him later but oh yeah yeah but so um there, so eventually you know there was a lot of episodes of this show this is a very long running show it lasted for like literally five years or something on twitter or on uh youtube and then there were other shows that were like very clear knockoffs of it of marble hornets like um my favorite one was ml anderson uh, zero but there were a lot of other ones and all of them kind of also dealt with like internet internet monster memes like the slender man and also Jeff like, the killer the, like the rake the rake was a very popular one in a lot of those but like most of them just kind of didn't know where to go with it so there was like spooky video shot into the thing and then you know coded video with weird messages but they didn't really know where to go with it and it all kind of faded out for a while and then like i think the next thing that really changed that genre was uh when Chris Straub brought up his uh, Local 58 channel. Now, Local 58 is incredible. I love yeah. Local 58. That's the one that I think is really the actual grandfather of uh, analog horror. So instead of being based on other people's internet stories, he has these original videos that are based on like an original mythology, but it's like it comes through these anomalous materials that are through purported vo- broadcasts from this uh, UHF TV channel from a small rural area and like they're like errant broadcast things that were never supposed to be broadcast things like that and um i think like the influences obviously seem to be like that one was based on like strange late night local broadcast that actually happened yeah. and like you know syndicated before tv was syndicated before tv was always networked like public access tv weird shit like that and then like i remember uh, you know effect- channels going dark and no, stuff too like at a certain time exactly exactly like that is one of the things like the last broadcast before a channel goes dark at the end of the night and that's like one of the huge things and, that they and then there. it's like they realized that they could fill that time with infomercials instead and make money <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah before the day of the infomercial back when that was like only on qvc i feel like it yet oh and even then the the, the after days like those those infomercial things become part of the analog war series oh yeah totally because like people definitely lean into that but i feel on. like it was uh but like there was i think it was food network at a certain time would come on and be like see you tomorrow and they would do a little like uh a mo- like motion effect thing and have their little uh video play and then it cut to black and it'd be off till like I think six in the morning or something like that. Yeah. But sorry. Yeah. It was just a like memory. All, the, all the, well, not just all those over the air channels would just shut down like food network more recently, but like over the air channels, they would just, they would broadcast until like one thirty and be like, that's the end of the day. The late, late night show has gone off and now it's, uh, it's over. And like, I don't know. That's like kind of a weird twilight hour. And it was neat. And then like one of the other influences was like, the VHS artifacting you see on videotapes, especially you like see that in like the movie VHS, yeah. but like tracking lines and uh, notation on the screen for like where it's like play or pause or like SPELP, that kind of thing. And like the default video texture or video toaster editing a lot of sites had in those days. And then like it was also all that shit was 
combined with like uh, emergency messages, like you know, message you would get in the middle of the night was like a fucking horrible storm would be going on, or maybe it was just a test. Maybe it was just ninety nine percent of the time it was just a test, and it almost let you let your guard it's down. Just a test, but it. don't look at the moon. That yeah, the moon one that that is one of theirs. So yeah, yeah. And then there was like it was also kind of inspired by that shit, but also like actual hijacking of those lower signal stations things like the max headroom incident, oh my god yeah like, i don't know if you're familiar with the max headroom yeah i am you can Y'all... go ahead and tell the people though so um max headroom was a popular tv show in the early 1980s that was a, a character that was supposed to be like the first computer generated actor or whatever and it was like kind of a just kind of a wacky guy a little weird totally hip 80s dude uh so they did this there was a uh, during a broadcast on WGN during an episode of Doctor Who that they were showing late at night, there was someone that just broke in with their own signal, pirate radio style, and they had like someone emulating the Max Headroom style. But the shit he was saying was just like wild and weird and all that. This is something that really happened. Yeah. This isn't like me being creepy pasta. This is like legitimately like an intrusion that happened in a large television. And it's market. unsolved. Like, you can look up, yeah, to this day. Yeah. You can look up the Max Headroom incident. This is, like, not me just being, like, oh, this is fun, creepy story. Like, this is something that actually happened. And then, like, the, the this channel, the local 58, they also uh, drew from, like, go, uh, government propaganda, too. And, um, oh, God, dude. When they did uh, the emergency alert things, like, there are channels that do, like, there are uh, YouTube channels that do, like, fake emergency alerts. Like, and some of them are really good. But most of them are really goddamn terrible. It's <laughs> like my personal my personal rule for like internet horror is like you gotta leave a little bit in your pocket. You can't go all out, yeah. right? I swear to God, I, there are people that do like the like role play EAS role play emergency alert system things that end in such a goofy way. Like there was one where it was like an apocalyptic hurricane or whatever, and at the end it was literally like bam bam. This is an emergency message from God. Like, come on, you can't do that. That's so dumb that it's just... From God. Literally. It would have been better if it said from and then nothing. Yeah, just from an unknown source and it was like all red and confusing. But I don't know. People overplay their hand on internet horror and that's kind of a big problem I have with it. And it's like one of the reasons I think Local 58 did a really good job is... I, okay, so the I think the three best episodes of Local 58, y'all can just stop listening to the show and look these episodes up. Local 58 episodes, Weather Surface, Contingency, and Real Sleep. All of those episodes are just these really haunting show, shows that they don't overplay the head. They don't get... Is, they don't go too far with it, but they're really... Is one of those the one with the little cartoon... With the little dude who's walking through the graveyard. No, I think I know what you're talking about. That's the moon about. one That's, again. Um, but I thought that that might have been Don't no, that, Sleep or whatever. I think that is... I think I know the one you're talking about. That, that wasn't one of the ones I was Okay, I was just checking. There's one about the moon, too, that's really scary. Uh, it freaked me yeah, the fuck out. There's a little... There's a little, ex- there's a little extended lore in all these channels, for the for sure. But, like, uh, th- this, these were all... I don't know. It's just worth watching them. I kind of don't want to explain everything about them because. Uh, oh yeah, they're definitely uh, worth just... checking out yourself. Like, go into it without uh, knowing what the outcome might be. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
So that way, yeah, it's kind of like when you're trying to sell a video game to somebody. Like when I was trying to sell Persona 5 to people, they were like, what's the story? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to tell you much of the story. I want you to experience that for yourself. It's fucking fantastic. Like, it's worth your time. That's what I'm going to tell you, is that Local 58 is worth your time. Yeah. Yeah. But then there were a lot of other really cool um, channels that adopted stuff from Local 58. And so I made some notes of a couple channels that I thought were definitely worth looking at. If you're a fan of Local 58 and you wanted to see more stuff that was like it, but in slightly different directions. So uh, here are the channels I wrote down that I had definitely really enjoyed in the past. Uh, I think Gemini Home Entertainment is... um, pretty much the most ambitious one that isn't local 58 so in the uh context of its fiction it is a uh, videotape company that does educational informative films so it's like vhs tapes like you know you would rent them from the library and learn a little bit about the world and so they have videotapes like advanced mining vehicle or our solar system those are two of the video titles uh Everything in them is really interlinked, and you, you should probably just watch them from the earliest to the newest video, because it does a really good job of uh, bringing it back to forward in a really cool way. But, like, it's the most ambitious. They literally did one where it was, like, upcoming video game, whatever, and, like, video game shit that re- references, like, one of the things they did in the past. It looked like a PlayStation 1 game. And then they actually put out that video game. They literally have that as a downloadable pc game that looks like a playstation 1 game that references the things that they've done in the past like it's wild that's pretty sweet and then uh other really good ones i thought uh eventide media center it uh it reminds me of gemini a lot in the sense of scope it's also very uh you know really cool in that sense it's also very storyline based but it's all about incidents that happen in one small town in new england and um, I think that's also another one you want to visit from the back to the front. That one is really cool. Like, I really enjoyed that one a lot. And uh, the other one I brought up is uh, the Minerva Alliance. Which I haven't is, heard that uh, one. So this one, uh, like the idea of the Minerva Alliance is it's more along the line. It, it brings back a little bit of that old uh, ARG energy. Like it, the things that they show you have like codes and mysteries and puzzles on them. And, like, intended to be solved by the people watching them. Uh, the idea is that it, like, has captured broadcasts that were supposed to have been shown and that were shut down by the government or by the FCC and all of that. But, like, it's, like, forbidden video footage. Okay, that's kind of cool. Like the stuff that would be redacted in SCP stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly, exactly. This is the stuff that they, 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 the, this is the stuff they don't want you to see. Is this is the what the government doesn't want you to know about. But then again, like when you start watching it, you're like, oh, should I have been watching this in the first place? Maybe I shouldn't have learned this. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a cool kind Cognito of hazards are some of the best horror, in my opinion. Oh, the shit great. that's like, as soon as you know about this, there's no going back. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, so some of the stuff that I have written down are just some of my favorite spooky YouTubers. Um, for for different things, different levels, I'll try to explain the different ones. Um, the first one I have written down is Nexpo, uh, N-E-X-P-O. <coughs> Nexpo is great for kind of explaining um, horror type stuff. Like he has a video, that's how I know about Local 58, was I watched Nexpo's video on Local 58, which made me look into that, right? Um 
that's where I first heard about Ben Drowns, which is the yeah. Nintendo 64, the Haunted Link's Awakening cartridge. The or Majora's, Majora's Mask, Mask creepypasta. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also, uh, Next Pro, and you've also brought the name Nightmind into yours, yeah. and both of those are very similar channels in my opinion. And both of those, they do a great job of uh, just, if there's an internet horror story that you've heard of, they like bring it all into one place in a really easily heavily researched way yeah that i think is really cool. like he's got an hour video about called what's going on with dad and dad on youtube if you've never watched those is this very bizarre almost like performance art little videos uh that this comedian does but there's like some really sinister underlying shit going on that you have to try to figure out it's an arg basically you know but it's just it's fantastic um yeah, Nexpo and Nightmind cover very similar stuff. Uh, I watched a Nexpo video today about a there's a cult and a dead MMO called Worlds.com, though oh, there, he couldn't find any proof. Nexpo to me, like a lot of his videos, like they wrap up well. Some of them are like in search of Sasquatch, where it's like at the end he's like, "Well, we found nothing." Yes. <laughs> I would say if you if you if you end up liking uh, Nexpo and Nightmind, I would also recommend looking up Justin Wang. That's W H A N G. He does a very similar job researching these uh, internet stories from point A to point B, and they don't always have endings. So like, don't expect to find that. But like, missing safes on Reddit, that kind of thing. That's uh, one of his specialities. Yeah. Um, this room does not exist. Is a wild one that. Um... <laughs> Oh man, my mind like Nightmind. That Nightmind covered. Uh, it was really, really good. Uh, he's the he's done the videos on Dad as well. Uh, he's another really good one. He did a one on I Am Sophie, and I'm I'm telling you all these without super going into them because I'm still in the ARG area, and like these are things you really should experience for yourself without us giving away too many spoilers. So I'm hoping that you guys listening will take these and actually go look them up if they pique any interest for you. Um, yeah, I was hoping some of the ones I brought up on the other channels would be, like, good things to uh, begin investigating. But, man, I don't even know what would good next pro places to start would be. Um, I mean, they investigated some of the uh, classic ARGs and things like that. I think, like, next pro Nightmare may have investigated, like, the Wyoming incident. I think they have summaries on, like, Marble Hornets yeah. and, like, other ones that are, like, half fictional. You yeah, know well, what I mean? I don't want to confuse people. It's next po. Next po, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but... I, I would say, like, maybe his video on, like, I Am Sophie, or, uh, or uh, no, I'm sorry, not I Am Sophie, that was Nightmind, uh, Ash Vlogs. Like, that was the one that got me into, got me into him. Um, another one of my spooky YouTubers that, this guy is more, like, covers gore, and, like, shock gore, and stuff like that, and he doesn't ever show it, but he talks about it, so, like, I was always interested back in the day about, like, why the fuck people, so there's this website called heaven666.org. And it was another, like, you know, your E-bombs world, your new grounds. It had stuff like that on there. But there was a lot of gore. A lot of it. And I was always curious as to, like, why people were so interested in looking up, like, someone who's gotten their head blown off by an AK-47 and things like that. Well, Plagued Moth covers that type of stuff. And I listened to him talk about it. And the depravity. It's, it's the depravity of other people that fascinates me. That the that humans can put other people through different types of things like that so if you're into listening to um someone tell you about you know a video where someone gets eviscerated with a chainsaw and then kind of like where this video came around if it's real 
if it's been proven to be fake, kind of the details that he can find out about the people that were in it, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's really quite interesting stuff. Um, and he reminds me of my buddy Wes. Like, so, so it's like I, I have this weird thing where, like, he acts just like my buddy Wes when I'm watching him talk. It's kind of like I'm just watching a buddy of mine talk about some fucked up shit, which is something that I would do anyway. So he's really good. Plagued Moth. Um, charismatic fucker. Uh, but that leads me to, like, Wendigoon, which is uh, W-E-N-D-I-G-O-O-N. And he, by no means, needs any plug or anything. Like, Wendigoon, when I first started watching him, had, like, 9,000 subscribers. And he did some iceberg videos. He did an iceberg about um, the conspiracy theories. Like, he has a conspiracy theory iceberg series. And then he did it the SCP iceberg, which is where I first heard about SCPs, actually. And oh, now he has... the person that introduced you to the SCP. Yes. So he went from having 9,000 when I first started watching him that he now has 669,000. Sorry, six what? 669,000. Nice. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Level 69 pants, LOL. <laughs> Got him. But uh, Wendigoon's really good. Really, really good. Um, He's a very charismatic dude. He, Everybody calls him dad in the in the comments they're like dad i like that shirt you're wearing this week and everything and he made it this one point in this vid- this one video he did he's like i'm really thankful that you guys all call me dad and not daddy just because of the way people have ruined the word daddy <laughs> which made me laugh but yeah uh so if you like iceberg content he's got a lot of stuff like that he's also got other videos like i watched him do a uh explanation of dante's inferno and the nine hells and that kind of stuff. Um, he did a video about the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park, which oh, nice. that is a wild sto- uh, story in itself. Is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, long. One. Yeah, it's long. Uh, it's very, very long. The video that he did on it's about an hour, and it's fucked up. But it's it's really good. It, I, I like a lot of his stuff. Um, he does have some like religious stuff, but he does not push that on people. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's a pastor. Or at least like one of those type of people. But he always says in his videos, he's like, I'm not here to, to preach to you. Like, So anytime he talks about Bible stuff, he makes sure to be like, I'm not trying to force this on your throat. I'm just going to give you the information that I know about this. Just And I, and I respect that. It seems that. like a really cool perspective to have. Yeah, I, I totally respect it. Um, and then he does episodes where he'll explain things from the Bible. Like this one, the death of David. And things like that, where he'll just he'll just talk about something from the Bible, which interests me because the Bible to me is an interesting story. People take it a little far. We don't need to get into that, but I think it's an interesting story. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, really enjoy him. He's the one who introduced me to SCPs, which leads me over to the Vulgan, which uh, he spells it as one word. It's T H E V O L G N. Oh, I'm sorry, V O L G U N. The Vulgan. And this dude does the work of God. Not literally, but he, like, I'm scrolling through all his videos right now. He covers SCPs. And, like, he'll be like, good afternoon, my name is Dr. Miller. And the SCP that we're covering this week is, you know, let's say SCP-6096. Will he went to go take a piss? Will I remember to edit this out? Probably not. But that's okay, because Willie just had his dick in his hand taking a piss. 
He was taking a piss. He's taking a piss. He took a piss, and now he feels better. Oh, he no. took I, a piss. I actually thought that you were just going to keep on going. <laughs> now, you walked away, and I paused, and I hit my ball, and I just started singing to myself. We're going to delete all that. Wait, how far back did we, did we lose? We're talking about Volgan. Yeah, we were on Volgan. Um, so, basically, like, he will pick an SCP and then cover that that week. But, like, he does different voices he does editing so like if people are talking on a tape recorder it actually sounds like they're talking on a fucking tape recorder um and he goes through basically when you go on scp.wiki um there are listings for each scp and they're listed out like uh, containment procedures um experiences logs things like that and he will actually go through and read it all to you and then when it gets to the logs and stuff he will play those like he's playing a tape back and it is fan fucking tastic dude like his coverage of the SCP. Anytime you tell me, like, oh yeah, go look up this SCP. I was looking at it. It was pretty cool. Before I even go to SCP Wiki, I head over to Volgan's YouTube and see if he's covered it. Because if so, I'm going to listen to him talk about it. Like, uh, it's fantastic. I'm going to link all of these that I can remember in the uh, the web the website show notes. Um, we have a lot in show notes to link, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure we will get there because uh, I trust in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll remember it eventually. And then, like, another another SCP one, like, the Vulgan, he's just, you need to fucking check him out. It's really fucking good. And then uh, the Exploring series is another one that covers uh, SCP-type stuff, and they get a little more deep into it, whereas the Vulgan covers specific SCPs. Um, the Exploring series will cover things like Dr. Wondertainment, um, what, happened at, uh, what happened at Site 13, uh, like that type of stuff. So tales, yeah. Man, I'm a big fan of Doctor One Entertainment in general. Like that's one of the most fun subplots on SCP to me. Yeah, I like him a lot too. Um, exploring also has gone into like the Cthulhu mythos. Um, you know, uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Like, you know, there's all kinds nice. of stuff. So they just kind of they dive deep into things, and I think SCPs is one of their bigger, uh, higher drawing things that people come to watch. Um, uh, but very good, and that's what it just that's what it's called, the Exploring series. Uh, is another one that's worth your time. Um, I had a couple other ones, uh, like Dylan the Night Owl. I won't go into him too much. He's got a couple icebergs that I liked. Uh, I think it was like the old creepy pasta iceberg, uh, backrooms iceberg, that kind of stuff. Which backrooms I want to talk about more next week. But there was a uh, channel I would like to bring. Yeah, go ahead. I think that I I have it in my notes, but I don't know if uh, I mentioned it earlier. But there's a show called Bedtime Stories. No, you didn't mention that. Which very fond of what they do lately so bedtime stories uh so a lot of the ones we've done have been like either original stories or like internet based memes those kind of things bedtime stories is like combines like uh more modern uh god hold on trying to phrase it correctly they uh they take these urban legend stories that supposedly came out within the last like 50 to 100 years and all that and they like present them in a neutral way and then kind of weigh the evidence towards the end. So like a lot of that like is really cool because it's like it brings up st- uh, stuff like the man from Torred. I don't know if you're familiar oh. with that, but it was like this. Oh, the man from Torred, such an interesting story. It was uh, apparently a man showed up at a um, on a off of an airliner in Japan and um, brought them his passport and all that, and they were just like, hey where are you from he's from torred which is not a real country that ever existed 
and apparently he fully believed he was from a country called the Kingdom of Tered, which existed in approximately where Andorra does today, the small country between Spain and France. Hmm. And, like, there's a lot of these weird tales that they tell of, like, people that fell a little between the cracks, uh, a lot of uh, famous, like, UFO stories and less famous UFO stories. And, like, I don't know, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, listening to a lot of uh, what Bedtime Stories says recently. Because, like, I don't know, they, they, they have this combination, like, they don't get really skeptical with it, but they also don't get really you know uh credulous with it either they like tell us about like where you could find a lot of the facts where some of these stories may have been mythologized from <coughs> but like there's a lot of weird stuff that they tell you about mysterious disappearances uh cryptids aliens and all that it just has it has a nice like x file z type vibe of uh different types of story that's what's up and the one thing i really enjoyed about bedtime stories is that they have like a unique artist who does these like huge sweeping uh god these just black and white like i don't know that are watercolor but they're kind of that style portraits of everything that happens so you might be seeing something about these terrible disappearances that happened in brazil you might be seeing these things that are like strange you know missives that happen from what, what but like the illustration is really good it just it, it just really I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that. I haven't seen that, but I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, I could also send you a link to it. The name of the show is Bedtime Stories, and um, it, I don't know, it whips ass. Like, the narrator is very good. The illustrator is very good. The audio is very good. And I think they do a really cool... Like, if you're just in the mood for spooky stories, you don't want everyone to be like, well, this obviously didn't happen because of this. But you also don't want them to be like... Well, clearly, this means aliens are among... Like, I feel like they do a nice neutral job there. And, like, I don't know. When you're in a good spooky mood, sometimes that's all you want. Yeah, for sure. Um, I only have a couple more to talk about, and then I got a palate cleanser before we talk about a little trails and get out of here. But, like, uh, this one was done by Adult Swim, of all things. It's called that. This House Has People In It. Oh! Holy fuck, is this thing confusing? And also terrifying. Like, it starts off and there's just like this these two parents and a baby. And they're sitting around in the kitchen and their daughter's just laying face down on the floor. And uh, This one, I believe, is related to uh, Too Many Cooks. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe it is. Uh, as she... But it's less comedy, more... What the oh, yeah, way more. What the fuck? <laughs> way more. Uh... As the video goes on, her parents are, like, screaming at her and stuff. She starts slowly sinking into the floor, like, phasing through it to the point that they end up, like, taking a bed downstairs and laying it underneath her, and the family's going fucking crazy. Like, without going into too much detail, I could tell you basically the end because it doesn't really affect anything, but, like, every just all of a sudden, everyone's dead. Like, like there were all these people that showed up outside. They were there for this birthday party, um, and they're just all dead. And it doesn't fucking explain a thing. You watch, it's like 12 minutes long. It's 11 minutes, 54 seconds. And by the end of it, you are going to be seeking another video on YouTube. And might I recommend the one by Nightmind uh, of explaining this house has people in it. (laughs) Because it's wild. It's an ARG. It's wild. Um, There are like links that you can click on that'll take you to different places. And then there's links on there that'll take you other places with things you can watch. And it's fucking nuts. Um, 
And then the one that I hold near and dear ever since I first watched it. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It's a series. I love it to death. Don't hug me, I'm scared. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't hug me, I'm scared. For it's fucking sure. classic. Dude, this is exactly the time of year people should be getting into Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. That's and great. what's weird is like, you know, they did their thing years ago now. I think the first one was like 10 years ago. And they posted something three years ago called Wakey Wakey. And it was like a little teaser thing. And they haven't done anything since. So I wonder if maybe I heard that maybe they were in, they were in talks of doing a TV show, but like I don't know it would have to be a streaming show because I don't know what network would pick up that because it's just so fucked up. It's it looks like a kids show, it, for all intents and purposes it looks like a kids puppet show type thing. Yeah, it's kind of like imagine if Wonder shows them, except instead of if the joke was funny, the joke was I'm going to fuck your entire shit up now with horror. Yeah, because it goes from like. Oh, well, I just there's a video right here that says they finished filming Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, the major, the major TV show update. I'm going to have to watch that later. Um, well? Each episode starts out like it would be a normal little kid's show, like there's going to be, like the first one's about creativity. And she's like, you can use whatever color you want. Use a creative color. And the guy's like... Use a creative color? That, that's not a creative <laughs> and the guy's like, color. I like green. She's like, green is not a creative color. And just like little things like that, and then... Bl- Things start dying, and there's very violent and disturbing imagery, and it's just fucking wild. There's like six or seven episodes in total. And actually, I think that like, there's weird, eight. It's weird, it's mysterious, it's wrong, and it's awesome. There's eight episodes in total. You need to watch them all in one sitting. It'll take about, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes to watch them all. Uh, holy shit. It'll make you think. Like you, try, you start thinking about what it's actually about, because there's a lot of meta commentary going on in it that you're not going to put together until you have watched the entire thing. So I I really think that like you should you should check it out. Don't hug me, I'm scared. Definitely worth if I if you look up anything that I have personally mentioned tonight, look up Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. It's really good. Um which leads me to the palate cleanser. Good sir, have you ever heard of YouTube checkpoints? Yes, I believe you mentioned the concept of YouTube checkpoint uh in a not too distant episode where you were like you found a place where people were just like in the comments talking about like you found a YouTube checkpoint. This is something completely different, yep. but I don't remember how you got there. And you mentioned that you don't really know how you get there in the first. No, place. yeah. It's, this is like the reverse of a creepy pasta. Basically like you can go on YouTube and type in YouTube checkpoint now, and you'll find a playlist of people who have found these videos and put them all into a playlist, but they are videos that you cannot search for. Um, because the title either has something that your keyboard won't do because maybe like a Japanese keyboard has keys that our keys just can't do. Um, or it'll just be named something very strange and they only show up in your recommended videos on the side when you're watching through stuff on YouTube. And the first one I ever found was this Japanese titled one and the video is no longer up. It got copyright striked, um, by Nintendo. Um, but somebody else has uploaded it in its place. Um, the Sticker Bush Symphony. You know the song I'm talking about from a con- Donkey Kong Country yeah, 2? Donkey, yeah. Donkey Kong Country 2. It's just this video with a nice pretty little sky in the background with these vines going across the screen. And it plays Sticker Bush Symphony for an hour. Just on repeat. And it's supposed to be a calming, just a, just a place to chill and check in. And like people comment, like uh, here's a comment right here. Checkpoint. 
taught my son how to play Magic the Gathering, a game I've adored since childhood and learned from my dad, but gave it up on my son's birth. Sold all my cards shortly after he came into this world, sadly. Skipped forward 11 years, and a few weeks ago, he wants me to teach him how to play Pokemon, but due to the shortages everywhere, I couldn't get him any, so he opted for Magic instead. Went to Target, got us a dual deck pack, I spent four hours teaching it to him, and he picked up well, and now we play every night. And, like, little things like that, where it's like, uh... It's cute. Yeah. It's it's friendly. It's a legitimate checkpoint of how people... No one are being assholes. No one. I don't see any douchebag comments at all. Everyone's being nice to each other. It's... Uh, I believe if you like picking <coughs> checkpoints, you are a lesser human being. I'm a Sigma male, so, uh... But, uh, just for you real quick, I will DM you a example of one of these so you can see the title of it and stuff. Sure. And I'll post it in the, uh, the show notes as well so you guys can find yourself a checkpoint. But they're just, like, little sprite graphics and a little song yeah, I mean, I don't know what most of... I don't know what most of these words mean, but I see that it's it's something from Chrono Trigger because literally I can see the words Kuro no Turiga. I, I, I don't read Japanese really well, but I read it just well enough to know it says uh, Kuro no Turiga. Oh, so yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's, it's just another checkpoint that you can't find with an English yeah, keyboard. I would never have been able to search that with mm-hmm. just an English keyboard, yeah. So I just thought that's cool, like, that there's shit like that on the YouTube that's just there, that you can just find, and just in in the sea of shit that YouTube can be, that there are these little, like, patches of purity is nice to see. That's all, in my opinion. You know, so it's like, you know, after you it's watch some sweet. plagued moth and fucking get yourself all scared up and shit, watching some Local 58, you can come chill out at a YouTube checkpoint. Just relax. Man, you're going to have to do so much work at, in post to try to figure, uh, figure out all the uh, the uh, links I've tried to send earlier, like just me saying names of specific episodes. Oh, I can, look th- I can look through your notes, man. It'll be fine. And uh, if I don't link everything, whatever. <laughs> I'll do my best. I look at the links on uh, Tyler and Dave, play old game stuff, Tadpog, shout out, Tadpog, you guys rule. Um, I look at the show notes that dave puts together sometimes there's some hefty uh, hefty amount of links in there when they're getting heavy on the media talk i'm always impressed yeah true true i just I, like most of the links I, I was talking about this episode I, I i really think are good things to look at i mean i i would not recommend revisiting marble hornets today i think it does not hold up whatsoever but like the local 58 the uh local 58 holds up for sure episodes. Yeah, everything in Local 58, everything from, uh, shoot, what was that one called? Uh, Gemini Home Entertainment, uh, Eventide, and I, I think you, you'll find the links for Eventide and Minerva. I don't think I named specific. There was a, there's another one that was a, I think it was like an ARG type video, but it was just a horror video type thing about this family, and it was from these different camera angles, and it was like the guy was obsessed with this character who was like Sonic, but wasn't Sonic. And he would dress up and run around as him, but then wouldn't admit it was very fucking weird. Oh, you know what? That's I'm sorry. That's also this house has people in it. I believe. Never mind. Uh, I could be wrong about that though. But I feel like that that's the same guy. Anyway, um, so trails in the sky. Uh, like we said earlier, uh, didn't get a lot of time to play this this week. Um, I do want to say that I've been just exploring and doing my bracer quests. And I'm really, in, really yes. enjoying the character development. 
Man, one of the things I think is really amusing is like all the characters make these little combat grunts and all that. And it's like it cracks me up when like you'll tell a guy to eat like a sandwich or whatever, and I'll be like, Tick! and then just eat a veggie sandwich. Like that cracks me up a lot. Yeah, it it's a it's really fun. Um, the the building up between Josh and Estelle, uh, seeing their characters, uh, kind of getting the the feel for how they act against act with one another, and then the introduction of Sherazard. And then, um, oh, what's his name? When you got when you meet uh, Oliver, or it might be Olivier. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Olivier. Um, he is absolutely hilarious too. And you meet him at the uh, the Hawking Gate, which is between uh, Roland and Bose, which is where I am at right now. Was in Bose doing side quests. Um, so I'm gonna say like when a video game gives you a character that's supposed to be like sexy dominatrix teacher. There's, like, a line you can go before you cross that line. Like, Quistus Treep from Final Fantasy VIII is clearly meant to be sexy teacher with a whip. I don't think she exactly crossed that line, right? But yeah, then, not really. this game has a character who has the sexy teacher trope. Sherazard. And then she comes out with a whip. Yeah, Sherazard. And then she has a move called Sadism Whip, where she brings her breasts strictly into the camera and goes ho 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 someone's been naughty and starts giggling and whipping i think at somewhere in that part you've gone a little too far i disagree i love it <laughs> in fact if she'd have shook him a little bit too and hit her enemies with him that'd have been sweet no i'm just kidding <laughs> but she's a she's a great character she cracks me up um apparently she gets very no she she is actually really she gets fun. handsy when she's drunk <laughs> apparently she likes to hug yeah, everyone kind of one of her character traits is that she's kind of uh known to be a little bit of a someone who really likes to get liquored up but cannot handle it yeah. um and oh she's a fun character and the, um i feel like i've really come to enjoy and meet the characters a lot and they're kind of written in this very early 2000s anime type way like characters get really mad really easily but are really talked down from it really easily too and, oh, it kind, of, it kind of amuses me. Like, Estelle is, like, the main character. Estelle, the, your main player character. She's, like, really rash. But she's also, like, completely, like, chill as, some, as soon as someone explains anything to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And her her being 16 comes out in her, for sure, at times. Um, which leads me to Joshua's not that way. Joshua's very unfeeling. Uh, so I'm yeah. curious how that's going to play out. I'm wondering if maybe he's like a child soldier type thing. So he was, and then he was rescued by Cassius. That's my guess. Uh, I don't know that for, to be for certain though. Um, and then, you know. Yeah, there's kind of an un, uh, unspoken, but like he was definitely not completely innocent when he was rescued. I think it's kind of the implication yeah. that we got early on in the game. Like, he has a bit of a vengeance against Cassius Bright, who is the character that they both Estelle and uh, Joshua call dad. Yeah, at least at first, because it's like he's grown to love him now. But that that that, that opening scene where they introduce Josh, uh, he's very like, "What the hell did you save me for?" Like type guy. So it, I'm I'm very I'm very curious to see how that's gonna play out over the next few weeks. And then, uh, yeah. man, I like having Shiraz on the party too, though, because like my party was like level eight at the time and she came in level 12 and it's like okay obviously this is the kind of game where it's like we're all gonna be level 12 very soon but it's like 
she's the established you know person that's the young bracer but she's like a fully senior bracer she's powerful she knows what's going on she's recognized in the world and all of that my dudes are like level eight they suck ass <laughs> now everyone is level 13 in my group and uh they do not have that same recognition i don't know yeah it, it's fun to watch them uh grow we were, me and you were talking about off off air about like loving to get to get that new equipment upgrade in rpgs is like such oh, a nice man such a good feeling like oh yeah look at that green look at those green arrows pointing up yes give them to me <laughs> it's like this, this is one of those games where equipment differences seem extremely huge yeah. like you get this little tiny bit you just like get that little difference between the spike shoes and the regular shoes and it seemed like it was so huge early on in the game like i kept wanting to go back to the main city to buy spike shoes for joshua because he was like getting hurt a little harder than everyone else but now everyone has running shoes or what are they called freaking i wrote it down but i already forgot it uh, like the uh the j running shoes yeah which i'm assuming it just means japanese we are these are japanese running shoes Dang. <laughs> they got the Nike J's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I, I, I wrote that earlier that I said, that, oh, well, we're all going to be level 12 soon. And I'll, I'll look at it again. And uh, yeah, everyone's 13 now. So I want to say my character's like level 13, 14, somewhere around in there. Uh, Shirazard might be pushing 15 at this point. Um, I am in the Nepal Valley just trying to find this beast that's out there uh for one of my side quests so that's where i'm at and things hit hard one thing i've learned about this game is like your characters hit hard and enemies hit fucking hard so like yeah you do not get a lot of hits worth of uh no you need to heal between and this definitely is one of those games like persona where uh you want to try to get as much done as possible before the enemy ever has a chance to attack you know like uh like if you can kill one that knocks it out of that position to where it's going to give your one of your other people another attack then you might be able to sneak it into where like you can keep keep that going um it's fun it's almost like a little puzzle in in evolving with the games but it's not tactical so 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 should we tell them what we why we're in both what happened exactly uh i believe we touched on that at the end of the last episode but we might have been we might not have um we didn't finish everything yeah i I was not quite there yet at the end of the story, so we found out that, you know, we had met the uh, the, the robbers who had brought down the uh, gems. Yeah. And then we found them, and it turned out they're sky pirates! Yeah. And uh, then what happens next is it turns out that they have uh, apparently hijacked a large airliner, which is the one your dad left on at the beginning. Yeah. Pretty and it's just disappeared. So we're, ch- we're chasing down. Like- so now we're following his trails through the sky. The sky. It's just like uh, when when uh, Olivier or Oliver, Oliver. I'm just gonna call him Oliver. Fuck it. When Oliver is uh I'll, handling the issue when like there's things get heated between you guys and the general because he doesn't like bracers at the uh, the Hakon Gate. He starts singing and one of the lines in his song is about the trails in the sky and I went oh he said it. He said it. <laughs> so I, was, I was super stoked about one thing because, like, Oliver, he uh, came out there and he was, like, very aggressively bisexual character. Oh, yeah. Aggressively aggressive. No hiding it. And, like, <laughs> he's, like, the long, the shonen hair and his, like, 
bard style and i'm like okay he's gonna have the lamest weapon in the game and then i actually get him in the party for a second and his weapon is fucking gun he has a gun yeah. that's his weapon y'all he has a goddamn revolver. yeah he's got a pistol God it's awesome he is hilarious like when you meet him uh he hits on shira shirazard and she's not into it so he's like all right i'll take this boy then and <laughs> estelle's like whoa wait what do you mean She's like, "Oh, are you telling me that you're one of the guy, one of those guys that likes other boys?" And he goes, "I prefer." He goes, "I just appreciate beauty. I like anything that's beautiful." And then he ends up telling her that she's not, and she's not sexy because she's like, "Well, why didn't you hit on me?" And he's like, well, "How do I say this? You're lacking sex appeal." And she's like, "Well, excuse me for not being sexy." <laughs> it's just, it's a hilarious little scene. It really is. I, I I shouldn't like it because it's probably pretty pop problematic or whatever. But I I don't know, man. Like, sheesh. it's a lo- it the way I look at it is it's it probably was- like gonna end up being a thing during the game where uh, Estelle and Joshua kind of learn to appreciate him. They learn that that's just part of his character and things like that. That's what I'm hoping for is that there's like a uh, like a learning that that's not a bad thing type thing like the way they acted that it was kind of strange where they should probably like by the end of the game it'll probably come around to being where it's like they really don't think it's that strange or maybe they do but they accept him and they don't judge him for it that, that kind of thing or maybe joshua falls in love that's with another him. that's another possibility truth, that's man. another possibility just kidding i'm nope you got trapped you just got tricked into shipping a 16 year old boy with a full-grown adult you idiot you're under arrest. I was gonna, what, it's fucking Japanese. Like, what do you? Ex- of course. <laughs> at the end, they're gonna be like, "Actually, no, Josh kidding, is actually seven thousand years old." Yes. That is, uh, <laughs> I, I I hate this podcast. <laughs> Can we go back to talking about horror shows? I do y'all remember when we're talking about Marble Hornets? It was Slender Man. That was funny. <laughs> well, you don't want to talk about eight thousand year old demon girls. Uh, no, because they. No, 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 Well, I mean, so the only other thing that I wanted to touch... So then we we went to this little town called Ravenue, and, like, I, I escorted a guy over the fucking wilds, and he was like, hey, here we go, we're in Ravenue now. Then went back home, and I was like, oh, I could have done the Ravenue quest, like, way earlier. I don't know, it's just weird. I'm trying to remember the Ravenue quest. I don't remember, I remember... No, it was it was literally the exact opposite of that. Actually, I did the Ravenue quest first because there was like a monster. Behind yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's where I went. Therefore, is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, but it turns out I could have stopped off in Ravenue to do to drop that. Guy I haven't off. done the uh, escort quest yet. Uh, it's it's fine. I literally sent you a screenshot. It's not like it, it does anything important. Yeah. It just we'll have to go to Ravenue again. Later. Yeah, and that's fine because there's actually a uh, there's a recipe in Ravenue that you can't get until you have to go there for that qu- whatever quest you're talking about. Um, and there's a recipe oh. that I want to get because you can use that recipe to make money. So I'm going to do that eventually. A little bit of a little exploity exploity. Wow. This guy, this fucking guy, he's got the, uh, he's got the, uh, capitalism ball. Yeah. Now. Cause the ingredients create an item. Yo, everyone at Patreon can, can everyone at Patreon deliver some money to this guy so he can, uh, <laughs> turn that into his, uh, ingredients. Yes. Uh, the, the sum of the ingredients is less than what the actual item sells for when you craft it. So you can just buy up a bunch of ingredients, make the thing, sell for profit, repeat. So like say you spend 5000 to get the ingredients and you, you make 99 of them, you can sell that for 9000 you have 4000 gained. You can do that over and over and over and just gain 
extra money and that's just i'm making numbers up so this is this this is just how you live your life this is how you enjoy playing video games? uh when i need new gear absolutely when i want an upgrade and i'm about two thousand mira short damn right Tragic. the uh the only other thing that i this 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 dude right here <laughs> the only other thing that I wanted to touch on was the music of this game. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Oh my god, dude, seriously. I've been absolutely loving... I've had music for this game stuck in my head since, like, two weeks ago. Since we started doing this game. This music is phenomenal. This game is, like, literally up there in that same genre as, like, your, you know, fucking Chrono Triggers and your Final Fantasies and your Dragon Quests. The music is... An- it's just it, it it wires itself in your head. Then one day you're just sitting around, and it's like, what? Where did that come? Yeah, the uh, the battle song is called uh, "Struggle." I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Sophisticated fight. Sophisticated fight, and it uh, it's composed by the Falcom sound team, JDK, which consists of Hayato, Sonata, Wataru. Ishibashi, uh, Takahide, Murayama, uh, Maiko, Hatorio, and Yokohiro Jindo. And if I could meet any of those people, I would shake their hand and be like, you did a good fucking job. Now, in the Discord, uh, Eris or Adam said that if we like the music from this game, wait till we get to Cold Steel, which is uh, where this series really got popular over here, I think, was Cold Steel uh, on PS4. Or it might have been PS3, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But they've since been ported to PC, so of course they're on our list. Um, fantastic, though. I like I put the battle theme up there with Persona 5 as far as catchiness. Like, it just gets stuck in my fucking head. Um, it doesn't have lyrics. Like, the Persona 5 you know, has lyrics and things like that. But just the piano work in this game's battle theme is tremendous. Yeah, the, the music has stuck with me over the last couple of weeks and has is not gone away like this is a really fun like the audio like i, I don't know I, like the game a game that sounds this good i cannot even give any score less than five out of or seven out of half out of ten not that i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten but like that's the minimum a game that has this kind of symphonic yeah. beautiful sound uh and on that note i really don't have anything else to talk about for the, the game um Next week we'll be doing Phasmophobia with old Jeffy Lube, and the, and uh, Nate I believe is going to be joining us for that one as well. So that should be a good episode. And then after that, you know, we're going to be doing the freebie horror stuff, and then the week. Yeah. So Nathan and Jeff are expected to be on that episode, so that will be fucking amazing. Uh, Jeff has played one game with the four of us. Me and Nathan had played the game a little bit before with the Tyler and Dave play old games Tadpod group. We are not good at the game and the game has been highly edited since then and oh my god we had a fucking nightmare of a session that was so fucking fun so weird so cool of us being ghost hunters like it was so sick uh, in order to hear more about that tune in next week because we'll be talking all about that game and uh, what we think of it um if you would like to come join our Discord and chat with us about video games, uh, vote for the games that come up on the show, that type of thing, uh, you can go to bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, and that is all capitalized. TSMP Discord, all capitalized, all one word. Um, if you want to go to our website, it's bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast, and that is each letter 
each first letter capitalized like it would be you know just proper name naming convention um and then you know do you want your do you want to get the episode early do you want to hear us talk a little about some shit beforehand before we start the actual episode do you want to uh possibly get your name shouted out on the episode then you can go over to patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast um a dollar a week gets you early access to the episodes um you basically get them as soon as i'm done editing them and i put them up on the internet so whenever that is for you um and if you donate uh ten dollars a month uh you will get a shout out in each episode uh and I would like to actually give them one more shout out as uh, Nate Sir Cogsworth of seventh of Juniper, uh, Jeff who old Jeffy mm-hmm. Lube, Arisa Adam, and DC Smoke Down. You guys rock. Thank you again, Nate, Jeff, Arisa, er, <laughs> Adam, and DC Smoke Down. Means it means eight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then like, do you want a cool ass shirt? You want a Steam Machine podcast shirt? You can check out uh, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. I'm going to start adding some more stuff up there. Uh, you can either get shirts with like my album covers and stuff like that on there, or you can get shirts with the, uh, the steam machine logos. Um, speaking of albums, uh, I just dropped a new album today. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, that's right. So if, uh, if anybody's interested, fallout, the fallout prophecy. Yes, sir. Fallout um, and there's a funny story behind that. Uh, but I'll tell it another time. Um, but I, I think it's decent. Like I listened through it multiple times before I, uh, released it, you know, putting it together. I like it. I hope other people like it. We'll, uh, we'll see how it does. Uh, other than that, uh, I have a recommendation this week. Um, go check out Mandalore yeah. Gaming. M A N D E L O R, like Mandalore. You know, Mandalore Gaming on YouTube. He covers gaming stuff. Uh, he picks like random different little games, like I, uh, Divine Cybermancy. Uh, he covered the Thief series. Like, it's just good. He's entertaining as hell. He's funny. That's my rec for this week. And um, is there anything that I am missing? Oh, uh, one, one more time. Go check out uh, Arisa Adams' new podcast, uh, Revival and Extinction. I'm about to go listen to that after we're done here, and I'm done editing. Uh, I'm excited to hear that. And uh, fucking Spooktober, man. Next week's going to be fun. You uh, got any last words, my good sir? Um... These following messages have been redacted by the... The following person who has redacted that message has been redacted. (laughs) Take it easy, folks. (laughs) Dalton here at the end. I just wanted to throw in real quick that uh, I'm going to end this episode with a song off my new album, The Fallout Prophecy by Nile the Nightmare. Which, hey, that's me. Uh, This song is called Jock Buns. You've saved the show again. And I think it'll uh, it'll sound... really familiar to most of you enjoy and as always guys take it easy